Welcome to Empathy Power Up, a collaboration of two people who connected during the pandemic through their love of empathy and action. Two people from very different backgrounds, helping each other find ways to love themselves, understand their experiences better, and help reverse the rise of narcissism and the divides in our communities. We will cover various topics about the human experience to help us power up on tools of empathy and emotional intelligence in the pursuit of one simple goal, create a world where people seek to understand themselves and each other. This is a learning journey amongst fellow humans. We're all just figuring out life together. It has been said that history is written by the victors. And I think that this quote is even more apparent in how our society and workplaces are structured. Those who hold the most power, the victors in this scenario, are the ones who write and design the world around us. And those who are victors have historically been colonizers, which is a period between 1500 to 1900 in which many Western European countries colonized lands in the Americas, Africa, Asia, and in Oceania. And the U.S. joined that bandwagon in around the 1700s, went into a fever pitch in the mid-1800s with this idea of manifest destiny, and I think it still continues today. So colonization has often been used as a method of absorbing and assimilating foreign people into culture in an imperial country, and then destroying any remnants of the culture that might threaten that imperial territory over the long term, and there's lots of reforms happen. So those colonizers, the victors, are people who are usually Christian, wealthy, and male. And they came to this new world they have, and I'm putting that in air quotes, that they can come to profit and prosper. But when they reached these lands, they found many new worlds were inhabited by the indigenous people, the people who were originally here. And then in very fast um, moments um, over you know the span of several years and even decades, they have eradicated many of the people who were there. So they became the victors by force. And then they also like just held their own power over others and then created that power to create their world that was designed for and by themselves. And at the end of the day, this is the main narrative that the culture and culture we have inherited. The, we have established norms, values, and preferences in this dominant culture, and it's the standard for the entire group and our entire society. Preferences and norms are imposed regardless of whether they contradict what is usual for the other members of the group. So when thinking about what we were going to talk about in this episode, it seems fitting to talk about the characteristics of this dominant culture and what we can learn from the pushback that we've been seeing against in recent years. So today's conversation is going to be we more than me. Yeah, we more than me. It's about understanding that when we help build the we, we are taking care of ourselves, the me. 
Humans are fundamentally and evolutionarily a communal species. We are interdependent, not only with each other as humans, but we're inter interdependent with life across the planet, with the planet itself. We thrive because other life thrives that we can then leverage to help make sure that we can take care of ourselves, whether it's medicine, whether it's food, whether it's shelter, whether it's clothes, or anything and everything. And I think that is important to understand because what we talked about this colonization, this system that we're living in, it came at the at the disregard of whatever life is out there, regardless of human, any life. It was like, well, humans need something. Let's just annihilate forests or whatever, instead of understanding that balance of, okay, we can take some from the planet and then make sure that, that life can continue to thrive so that we have this interdependence and it's balanced. And I think that's, something we can learn from nature. That's something that we can learn from life and, and, and this, the bio, biology of the planet itself. And one thing this idea, we more than me, is talking about is this, this idea of individualism is what our system is based on. And the my right to comfort is most essential, even if the survival of other life, humans or others, is threatened. I recently learned while reading Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer that the Native American folks in the United States and in North America, when they when the colonizers came here and then they came into power with force, they basically gave them a choice. And it wasn't really a choice. The choice was you keep fighting as a community and we're not going to give you acknowledge any properties of you because our law is individual property. So if you want to own any property or if you want any resources, you have to own it as an individual, not as a community. But before that, the Native American folk, the communities, they owned the, the they not owned, they shared the land as a community. They shared the resources as a community. And that big mindset shift happened when this colonization happened and they were like, no, to get resources, to get property, you have to be an individual. And that's the only way we're going to protect you. And and they met over a whole summer. The folks met, the communities met, and they were, that started causing a divide because some people didn't see a way out because they were forced by the force that, that the colonizers brought to choose like, okay, either are we going to keep fighting as a community for the shared resources or are we going to accept their individualism and own our own resources individually? And that started creating a divide. And that is how they got more and more control. The colonizers got more and more control of the indigenous folk. And I think that is, an, is, is a great example of seeing, and that happens across the world when it happened in India, when Britain came and colonized India and, and all these other places. They started creating this divide where the communities were really strong. They found points where they could create conflict and started creating the divide. It is common knowledge now that divide and conquer, that phrase we hear a lot. And I think that is something that we are starting to, again, realize that if we had just learned from the indigenous folks, we had learned from people who already knew these things, we could be living in this balance where life can continue helping us thrive while we help it thrive. Mm. Yeah, that that conversation that you were just saying about um, divide and conquer, like literally comes from colonization. And it reminds me of a conversation I had earlier this week with somebody who said the word stakeholder 
is also a, a word um, that is from colonizers. It's literally you are coming in and saying, I'm putting a stake in the ground. And like, that's words that people can use to decolonize our conversation. And I was like, wow, like that just shows that it's so inherent in everything that we're doing, even our conversation and our work, um, you know, with divide and conquer and like stakeholder all goes back to colonization. Wow. I, I didn't even know that. That That's amazing to to right? think about, like incredible, amazing and not in a like, oh, you know, like, you know what I mean? It's yeah, amazing. It's like, wow, I, I use stakeholder all the time. And I didn't realize the roots of that. Yeah, I, I didn't realize this until I was talking to them and uh, talking to this person. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I started with in communications in my degree and for my degree. And like, that's a word you use all over the place, you know, so it's really it's really so ingrained in everything that we do. And so I also wanted to acknowledge here that like, you know, like, like my friend who was building awareness in me of this word stakeholder, there's a lot of people who've come before us who have embraced and thought about these ideas. And I want to acknowledge that these concepts and this work that, and this conversation we're having is inspired by work from many people who've come before us. Um, and this is a, there's a compendium of resources brought together by Tema Okun. Um, and she calls this the characteristics of white supremacy culture. And a few years ago, I was introduced to these characteristics by a colleague. And I've tried to build awareness of these characteristics in the way I do things and how I structure things and even like the words that I use. So um, but what's key here is that this dominant culture affects us, is in our conversation, and building that awareness of it is so important so that we can progress, right? And we can have this empathy and compassion for each other. And um, I highly recommend reading this work. We will definitely put put um, Tema's work and the other books that we refer to in the show notes um, and and like and also to raise awareness for the topic so you can re listen more. And we're going to actually be doing more of these podcast episodes around these characteristics. And, and we, I'll refer to them as characteristics of our culture. Um, because at the end of the day, like all of these things really affect us, you know, no matter where we are. And it's a characteristic of the, like the, the water we swim in, you know, like we're all fish swimming in this water and it's the water we swim in. So the first characteristics we're discussing today is called individualism. And Tema says our cultural story that we make it our own, on we make it on our own without help while pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps is a toxic denial of our essential interdependence and the reality that we are all in this literally together. And that is a great use of the word literally as well, because <laughs> we <laughs> yes. are literally in all of this together. And I think we fail to understand, and we've seen this again and again, when we completely destroy habitats, or now we are in a, with, a, with climate change and what's happening, our survival is threatened at, at a, as a species, species level. Not just as a at one community or one ethnicity, but at a species level, and I think 
like when we look at the biological level, we see that humans survived and thrived as the dominant species because of community, because of us coming together, working together, understanding the balance of life, that the the planet is giving us these gifts of, of food and medicine and air and water and all these things. And, and, and we can understand that if we as humans come together and share these resources and we build together as humans, we can then thrive to and and create a world where it's not a a zero sum game. It's a world where uh, one plus one is equal to three, is equal to mm -hmm. ten, is equal to more, and that mm -hmm. is what I think we we are talking about. And when we see the differences, and where the dystopia that we're living in is is the dystopia of individualism. It's this dystopia mm -hmm. where. Um, we we didn't learn from our past where we came together to fight the the big predators that were harming humans in early cave cave people times now we're 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 in a system where it's you're by yourself absolutely and that is that is what's what's interesting is that like banding together and like there's there's research and I'll have to put in the show notes um I can't remember the person who did this but it's popping into my head where there's research that says that um, people who are lower on the socioeconomic spectrum have more empathy than people who are higher on that socioeconomic spectrum. So the more wealthy that you are, the less empathetic you are. And what's interesting is the main reason why this is happening, where what the researcher said is because, because the further you are, down on that socioeconomic spectrum, you have to rely on community with each other. And so it's such an interesting concept to be like this idea of humans coming together, like allows you to have more empathy, but the higher up you go, um, that, that kind of dissipates to the higher up you go because you have to rely on community less. Yeah. It's, it's where the narcissism comes in because it's, 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 it's about myself. It's what is in it for me, right? And yeah. as recent as this week, um, I like I had an in, in a situation with an employee where um, I got feedback about the employee from others, others sharing that they feel like um, this person is is taking all the credit, is not sharing credit for some of the work. So I had to have this difficult conversation, and we talked, and I think this person was inspired by Elon Musk and was like, yeah, see, there's this one person who's doing so many things and it's just amazing. And I'm going to, I'm going to advocate for myself. I, and, and everyone can advocate for themselves. I don't need to advocate for them. And they, they got really defensive initially. And so I had to pause and say, let's park it. Let's reflect for a little bit. Let's take some space and time away from this. But I left with a question uh, for, for, for them to ponder on. And the question was, how do we feel seen without making others feel unseen. Mm. And I think I think that can can really drive. And, and the good news is the person took the weekend, came back, and came back with a whole new perspective of, you know, that I don't want to be on the hill alone on the top, because that will be lonely. Because that is comes at the cost of others, not at mm -hmm. the benefit of everyone. I want to be there together. And I think that perspective change was great to see that journey was amazing to follow but i think that sort of creates that example of the culture we live in and especially we see this in a lot of tech companies 
I'm lucky that I work in a tech company where I don't see this uh, um, very much, but we see this in our culture where there's the worship of like, there's this whole community, millions of people that worship Elon Musk, for example, or worship Donald Trump or worship a leader, no matter if it's right or left, there's people who worship people on the left. And what that does is that it's all forced on that individualism. It's the culture of individualism. This person, it's all about this person versus understanding, well, what are the needs of the community? How do we come together? And I think, um, Something that also we see often uh, in a lot of tech leaders and leaders in tech companies is the the that they're following uh, some principles and philosophy of libertarianism. And by definition, libertarianism is a political philosophy that advocates only minimal state intervention in a free market and the private lives of citizens. It's about don't give me rules. It means let the free market decide how the system works and let it changes and morphs. Idealistically, it's simple, but life is not simple. Life is complicated. People need boundaries. Humans, life, everyone needs boundaries. We need boundaries. For example, don't throw toxic things into this water because if you do, then we won't have water to drink and then you kill yourself. And, and, and the problem is when we do individualism, companies will dump toxic water because they know they have the power so they get water from somewhere else while the local life there continues to get destroyed. And so this is where the difference in individualism is. Having boundaries is a good thing and understanding that life and everyone needs boundaries so that we understand how to maintain that balance. Yeah, absolutely. It makes me think about what, what you were saying was about the interdependence we were talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Is that if we do one thing over here, like, and, and as an individual, the, it affects somebody on the other side, you know, um, for the most part. And it's like often when we think about like, there's this innovation trifecta that we have in the world um, of like innovation. And I put that in air, I'm putting that in air quotes too. But like one of those things that is in that trifecta is viability. And often we think of viability is how much money are we making, right? So when we put in tech companies and organizations, you know, let's, you know, FTX with the crypto thing, like, it's about how do we make more and more money and that kind of like narcissism that growing into like more of the individualism turns us into something that doesn't care for the climate or, or has unintended consequences on the end, um, you know, for the communities we serve and the spaces that we're in. So, so I, I certainly um, like connect to that in that space of just being like, you know, I've always felt like, why are we not thinking in a bigger way beyond viability? I actually say we should see, is this something necessary that should exist in the world? And we're seeing that with like the metas of the world. And like, we're all kind of questioning what, what role tech plays in our lives and is it good or bad? And in modern day America, like colonialism and this idea of manifest destiny has morphed into this newer meeting meaning and you know companies like facebook now meta um you know mark zuckerberg would famously said move fast and break things and then also build first and ask for forgiveness later and this 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 prevalent myth or feeling of of power um should be hoarded you know as the individual and a company 
and it circumvents the systems that we operate in. And so we are very technologically advanced, but at the end of the day, what is that in like, what, what is, are we, we, what, at what price and what cost are we doing this work? And, um, I remember in my book, we talk about the ethos of, I talk about the ethos of Silicon Valley. It helps privilege disruption over sustainability, sharing economies over union labor, personalized access over public health, data over meaning and security over freedom. And so this shapes the way we think about and act towards everything in our life, about our workplace, security, sexuality, and even our health. And so um, this really affects all parts of our lives, social, political, and economic conditions of life. And um, when these systems that have been set up and the space has been set up like haphazardly and being like move fast and break things, and it's building first and asking for forgiveness later, um, it's having um, a lot of unintended consequences And it really harkens back to like colonization has done for culture and society. When they came, the colonizers came to the U.S. or came to this new world, they're essentially just, they did the same thing. They came in and they said, well, move fast and break things. And just like, and, and, and they didn't think about what is the impact that they're having. Um, So these, when these systems have been designed without this thoughtful intention, without this empathy and compassion, it's a huge recipe for disaster at the end of the day. And so, um, you know, this idea of colonialism and manifest destiny was in my head as I was going um, in 20 New Year's Eve on 2019 to be in a technology policy fellowship in San Francisco. And and then that as 2020 blossomed, we um, and and things uh, progressed. We saw the pandemic hit us, um, police violence um, and ensuing conflicts in the fight for racial equity coming out. And we are fed up and this, we're seeing that the systems aren't designed for us and we can stand up. And it's like it's been about the individual over the collective. And so now we're thinking about deeply thinking about how can the collective be focused on over the individual. And that's really why I ended up writing my book. Um, And, and I'm seeing that more and more every day, people standing up and saying, this doesn't work for me. And at the end of the day, like, I think um, what I'm hoping, and I think, you know, I would probably say, Kevin, you probably think about this too, is like, that's why we came together on this particular podcast is that we think that like we need to focus we on we more than me as an individual. Yeah, I I always coach people and says take care of yourself first so you can take care of others. And I want to make sure that we're talking about this that we're not advocating to say individuals don't get credit and it's not about you. It's it's okay to take care of ourselves, but so that we can take care of each other, which in service takes care of selves, which in return takes care of ourselves. And I think something that you is so important is that you mentioned about moving fast and breaking things. I think that is so powerful because that is the mindset. That was is the mindset in a lot of tech companies. Move fast, break things, ask, ask for forgiveness later. 
But in that, they're, they're not seeing, okay, who is it harming? What is the unintended consequence? What is the negative impact of this? Maybe those things aren't reversible. Maybe, and I think this sense of urgency, this sense of moving fast is probably one of the other characteristics we'll talk about in the future, about this sense of urgency as, as part of our culture and why everything is so urgent when, when we, we can take a moment to assess, to include, to make sure that we manage and we understand the unintended consequences. I do think that people come with positive intent. I do, th I do think people come with that, uh, like even the colonization was like, I don't think people came with like, I'm going to colonize and kill a bunch of people. I think it was the, I believe it was the mindset of, you know, move fast, break things and ask for forgiveness later. And it's it it was about me. What is my what is the benefit to me? Because the mindset was built, and it was they were trained to understand that oh these people aren't the same as me. They are different, and so I'm going to I'm going to treat them differently. So I just want to make sure that we outline that we're not advocating that the individual credit and achievement will not be celebrated. That is important for us to thrive. We have to choose to work together as a community. If we build for the people with the most needs, we all benefit. When we choose empathy, the outcome is greater for everyone, me included. So leaving with today's question for y'all to reflect on is, how has this characteristic of individualism played out in your relationships, in your life, and your workplace? Empathy Power Up is produced by Amy J. Wilson and Kevin Shaw, two people who bonded over their love for creating a deeper sense of empathy in the world. You can reach Amy at Real Amy J. Wilson and Kevin at Shaw Kevin.